tonight, we're going to talk about doors. Y'all remember Monty Hall and Let's Make a Deal? Some of you. Some of you are like, what's that? Well, don't worry about it. It was a game show back in the dark ages. But he had people trying to guess which was the right door. Door number one, door number two, or door number three. One of them's got a car, the other two got duds. You know, and you got to pick the right door. And a, you know what? A lot of people kind of handle life that way. It's, it's kind of like, well, we could do this, or we could go here, or maybe that. They're going to eeny, meeny, miny, moe or something, you know, one potato, I don't know. But which one? Well, uh, let's, try, let's try this. Let's just, that seems good. Let's try that. And I'm just telling you that two, or th- two out of three times, they end up with a dud. It's just a guessing game. Which door is the right one? But it shouldn't be that way. We need to learn to find the right door. It's not always easy. I'll tell you, life is full of choices. Some people decided to go to church tonight. That was a choice. You know, maybe it doesn't seem like a real big one. But you know what? It's funny how even just a small choice sometimes can start you down a path for good or bad. Just a small choice, just one little choice. You know, somebody made a choice to go to church and it changed their life forever. That's right. Somebody decided to stay home and they headed down a path and never came back. Oh, it happens all the time. But I'm just telling you, we all have decisions every day. Life is full of choices, full of doors and opportunities, all kinds of doors. It could be a job. It could be a house a ministry, or a spouse. Don't y'all like it when I rhyme? Could be a rapper. Missed my true calling. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, it could be a business opportunity. It could be going back to school. All kinds of choices, different doors that present themselves to us. You know, and if you don't have some choices set before you right now, well, you do, but if you don't have some big choices set before you right now, well, take notes tonight because I can assure you, you're gonna. We all encounter those choices, all kinds of choices. I mean, how to deal with the kids. You know, as I've gotten older, I realize, you know, one of the difficult times of life and making decisions is not just dealing with kids, but it's dealing with aging parents. I mean, there's just all kinds of hard choices in life and knowing what to do. But we all make choices, and I want you to understand that God cares what choices we make, and he can direct us to the right choices, the right doors. Doors of opportunity. Wow, that was open to us and closed before us all the time in life. You know, for a lot of years, I've heard the saying, when God shuts one door, he opens another. And those exact words are not found in the Bible. It's similar to a famous quote by Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone. He said, when one door closes, another opens. But we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we don't see the one which is opened for us. And, you know, that's 
true a lot of the time. I've certainly seen that where a lot of the time when a door closes, it's hard for people to get past it and see the one that is open. But the best example of an open and closed doors is found in Acts chapter 16. And we're going to go there. Acts chapter 16, begin with verses 6 through 10. Paul and his friends have launched their second missionary journey from Antioch. And along the way, they encountered some closed doors and then an open door. And if y'all don't mind a little bit tonight, I'm just going to teach a little bit because... Well, we all need to learn some things sometimes. And this is one of the things. I think that this is one of the things that it can be really difficult in life to know how to choose the right door. And so impactful in our lives down the road. So beginning from verse 6 of Acts chapter 16, it says, Now when they had gone through, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm just going to pretend like I know like all those other preachers do. So I'm going to call this uh, Phrygia. There we go. And the region of Galatia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Oh, wait, what? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia? What? It wasn't communist that forbid them? It wasn't the government. I mean, the Holy Spirit forbid them to preach the word in Asia. Come on, that just doesn't sound right, does it? The Holy Spirit forbid them to preach the word in Asia. We don't like it when God tells us no. Especially when we've already decided that we're doing the right thing. But the Holy Spirit forbid them preach the word in Asia. Verse 7, after they had come to, there's another one, Magia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. What? There it is again. The Spirit did not permit them. They want to go minister to these places. Surely these people need to hear the gospel, but the Spirit forbid them. Sometimes the Holy Spirit closes doors. Sometimes it's doors that you thought were a good idea. Oh, yeah. You thought that job would be great. You thought that guy would be so awesome. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit sometimes will close a door that you just were sure was what God had. And sometimes it can be so hard when the Lord tells you no. In fact, it it can just be difficult for us to even hear. See, the Holy Spirit forbid them. You know, it wasn't the circumstances. It was actually the Holy Spirit that told them no. And it can be so hard to even hear that if our hearts are not really turned to the Lord to truly do his will in our life. I mean, you know, a lot of the time and we, can, we can think, well, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm serving God, and so surely I know. But if, if we're not humble enough and if we're not pliable enough in the Lord's hands, we won't even hear that when the Holy Spirit tells us no. Well, just how can this be? <laughs> but it can be a defining moment in our life If we choose to push ahead 
on our own, sometimes it can make it really difficult for us to get back in the plan and purpose of God and where God wants us to be. So verse 8, so passing by, by Matt, what did I call that one? Mysia. Hey, that sounds good. They came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. I mean, he got a vision. I mean, God made it clear to him. This is where I want you to go. He called Paul to take the gospel to the Gentiles, and he's obeying God. He's traveling along northeast into Asia Minor, but the Holy Spirit says no. The Holy Spirit shuts the door. Then he tried to go north to Bithynia toward Russia, and again, the Spirit says no. He shuts the door, and I got to tell you, it must have been really frustrating for Paul when he's on this mission for God, and doors keep shutting. The Holy Spirit keeps telling him no, but he didn't go back He didn't say, well, I'm just not going to do this anymore. This isn't right. Holy Spirit keeps telling us no, no. When he came to Troas, God opened the door for him to go over to Macedonia. That's modern-day Greece. He had a vision of this man standing, come help us. And Paul knew that this was the open door. Now think about this. This is the first time that the gospel was taken to the European continent. Anybody in here of European heritage? Well, most of you are, whether you know it or not. Aren't you thankful for the Apostle Paul that was willing to obey God? I want to tell you something. If he had gone up to those areas where he first was headed, he might not have ever made it over into Europe. But God had a plan. God knows what he's doing. It's just hard sometimes for us to take a closed door. So tonight, we're going to look at four things about finding God's will, finding the right doors. First of all, God will guide you if you'll trust him. And that really is the key. In fact, the rest of the things that I'm going to share with you after this, none of them work if you don't do this one. And if you really do this one, if you really do this one from the heart, all the rest of them, they're not that hard. But you got to trust God. He will guide you if you'll trust him. You know, we're not placed here on this earth to stumble around in the dark and just, you know, hopefully get it right once in a while. No. Our Father wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. You know, we want to be in God's will. Amen? Amen. Think about this, though. God wants us in his will. And a lot of the time, the reason we don't end up in God's will is because we failed to trust him. 
We just need to be willing to truly trust Him that He knows what's best, that His plan is best. And you need to know this, that the sovereign God of the universe cares about you. He has a plan for your life. And it's not for you to just stumble through life. No, He actually has a plan, a purpose, a will for your life. And He will direct you if you'll trust Him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. God wants to guide us. And I believe if we'll just trust him, that he will. He says, trust him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So here's part of that trust. You trust the Lord that he knows what he's doing. And so when a door closes... Trusting. If the Holy Spirit, I mean, if you're tuned in and you hear the Holy Spirit say no, trust Him. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been a little thick. You know what I'm saying? About pursuing the wrong door. And God, in His mercy, Shut that door in my face. Thank God. And when, when that happens to you, trust God that he knows what he's doing. Well, that can be a hard pill to swallow sometimes. When you just knew that this was it, you just knew this was the right thing, and then it closes right in your face. I'm just telling you, that's, that's the time. you got to trust God. And here's how that shows up. See, if you get all bent out of shape and you're all upset and you're even mad at God or, you know, you're just kind of bitter about what happened or didn't happen, you're not trusting God. Because when you really trust God, you just say, that's all right. Lord, I know you have something. I know that you have a plan. You see, Paul had a, great time of effective ministry because when the Holy Spirit told him no, he didn't go that way. And instead he waited for the open door that God had for him. And we need to remember this. It's so important that we trust the Lord with all our heart, everything in you, you trust the Lord. You don't lean on your own understanding. See, that's a big part of where the problem is. This is what I think. I think this would be good. You know, Sometimes we start looking at the pros and cons of something and we, we think we know what's best. And some of us who think we're pretty smart or, you know, we, we, we think we're street wise, we think we got it figured out. Lean not to your own understanding. Instead, you trust the Lord. Because if we really trust Him, there's no reason to be upset about a closed door. When things don't go according to our plan, God still has a plan. God was at work saving the Gentiles. And God was in the process of taking the gospel to the Roman Empire. And Paul found closed doors until he got in the middle of God's plan. 
So when we're frustrated with closed doors, we just, you know what? We need to look to God for direction in those times. And even if you know that a door is God's will, sometimes it's not God's time. I don't, I don't, I can't hardly even tell you how I ended up as a pastor of this church. It is a long story. Y'all got about three hours? I was the youth pastor at this church from 1982 to 1992. There's still a lot of, well, now there's, you know, full-grown adults with children and even grandchildren who were scarred from my youth ministry, but... Some of them had fun, though, in the process. But anyway, I'm just, I'm just telling you, you know, and, and then I left for 12 years and came back as the pastor, and it's all kind of a weird thing how all that happened. I mean, it is to me. I mean, maybe it makes sense to other people, but here's, here's what I'm trying to say to you is that God has a plan and a time. You know, some people, and, and sometimes it works like this where, you know, Somebody is raised up, and, and they're there their whole ministry. And me, I, you know what? I had a lot of rough edges. I had to go to some places that were harder to get some rough edges knocked off. But anyway, well, something like that. I don't know. But in 2006, I knew that we were going to build the building. And I had been working on plans and working on plans But we didn't build this building until 2014 because God not only has a plan, but he has a time. You know, in 2013, we were trying to get a loan. We didn't have to borrow a whole lot of money, but we had to borrow some money and we were trying to get a loan. And we we talked to big lending institutions and we talked to denominational loan people and stuff, you know, like, oh, they'll help us, you know. No, they all said, no, y'all don't qualify. Your income and what you want to borrow, it don't match. You never make it. Closed doors. Closed doors, closed doors. Finally, a little bank here in town, they looked at all of our stuff. They, lo- looked, they looked at details, how, how tight wad the pastor was, and they said, we think y'all can make it. And they loaned us some money, and we had a 20-year note. We paid it off in six and a half years. Praise the Lord. But here's what I want you to understand, though. You see, closed doors don't necessarily mean... No, but it may be that it's just not time. But I actually believe in that situation, it was a blessing that we didn't get our loan with any of those other institutions and that it turned out for our good that we got it where we did. And I'm just telling you, it's amazing how God does, does that if we'll just trust him. We can't lean on our own understanding. You know, we need to remember how limited, how finite our understanding is. Because we can only see what's in front of us. And, you know, we might know, from, know some things from what we've learned from the past. But here's the thing. God sees the things that we can't see. He sees hearts that we can't know. And he knows what's going to happen in the future. I mean, I don't know of a single person... Now, I know there's going to be some phonies that's, you know, maybe saying that they knew, but I don't know of a single person that knew what, what was coming in 2020. 
I mean, there might have been some that knew at the end of 2019 when, when that pandemic first started, but I'm just telling you that we all experienced a lot of things in this country that we had no idea what was coming. You know that God knows? He knows exactly what's going to happen. Why would we lean to our own understanding? We just need to learn to trust the Lord. See, he knows if that job is going to be a blessing or curse. It's amazing, you know. Oh, it's more money, big bonus, lots of benefits. It's everything. It might be your worst nightmare. We just need to follow the Lord's leading and learn to trust him. Because I'm telling you, he knows, you know, he knows if that person is really the person that you'll be happy with the rest of your life. He knows. In all our ways, acknowledge him. If we want his guidance, we've got to look to him in everything we do. You notice it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. See, it can't be. Lord, I, 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 want, I want to know your will about this thing in my life. I've got to know your will about this thing in my life. Now, Lord, you know, I'm not really obeying you in these other areas of my life, but I just, I just want to know your will. God, what is your will? It's not going to work that way. It's in all your ways, in all your ways. That means in everything you acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. I don't know why people think somehow that they can... Pull one over on God, you know. Put one over on God. Like, no. He knows our heart. He sees right through that. It's in all your ways you acknowledge Him. Lord, I just want you, Lord, would you bless my finances? Lord, would you help me make the right decisions so that, you know, now, Lord, you know, I'm not going to obey you in, the, in giving and in the tithe and that kind of thing, God, but, you know, I, I just want you to help me make the right choices. I mean, is this the right lottery number? Is... I'm glad. I'm so thankful that y'all laughed. <laughs> However, I do want to say that if you do play the lottery... Don't forget to tithe. Amen. (laughs) In all our ways, acknowledge. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help me to stick with the message. Not just in the big decisions, but even in the little things, we got to acknowledge him in everything we do, every step of the way, and he'll direct our paths. He directs our paths. I want you to think about that. You see, he gives us direction. He doesn't leave us on our own. He'll give you direction. And I just think this is a great promise that he will direct my path. And a lot of the time, in fact, most of the time, God doesn't give us a picture of the future and show us what all we're going to be doing. When I first came back to Grace as pastor, we were trying to rent a building in Fort Worth somewhere or buy a building in Fort Worth somewhere. It wasn't in the plan. We ended up buying 73 acres in Burleson. I'm just telling you that so often, you know, we want, we want to know all of the details of the future, but get this, 
He promises to direct our paths. There are times, and you see this with the heroes of faith, there are times when God gives somebody the big picture of, you know, something in their future, like where he gives Joseph a dream of how he's going to be in authority someday. But I can assure you that Joseph had no idea how that was going to happen. But I think about Abraham, Abram at the time. When God first called him, he said, I want you to leave your people and leave your family, you know, leave this place that you know. And he says, I'm going to take you to a place that you don't know. He says, I'll show you when we get there. That's, that's really all he had. He said, let's go. I'll show you when you get there. And you know what? We got to have that heart that, you know what, God, I'll follow you. I don't know everything that's going to happen, but I'll follow you wherever you take me. And here's the thing. He directs our paths. So a lot of the time, we don't know the final destination. We don't know all the big things that are going to happen. We just need to know the next step. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We've got to know the next step. You know, sometimes people think that they have vision. God wants me to do this. God wants me to do that. And they never get there. And here's the number one reason why. Because they never take the next step. They think that somehow it's just going to magically happen all in one big jump. I'm just going to automatically fulfill this great vision that I have. No, God's going to give you the next step. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And to get where you want to go, I mean, if you're going to go on a destination, you got to start from where you are. you got to take the next step and the next step and the next step. So what's the next step? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. You know... God usually reveals his will in steps. When God first called Paul to take the good news to the Gentiles, he didn't give him all of the details and everything. You know, he didn't say, hey, Paul, now go to Philippi and then to Athens and then to Corinth. God just said, go. And as Paul traveled along, God would order his steps and reveal the next place that he should go to. Just like he did with Abraham. He says, I'll show you when we get there. But we would all like for God to just show us the big picture of his plan. And Wouldn't it be be nice if if God just said, now, this is where I want you to go to college. And then after you do that, you know, then you're going to get married. You're going to marry this person. And you're going to get this kind of job. And then I want you to invest in these stocks because that way you'll be able to you know, be rich and fund the gospel around the world. I'm going to you're going to buy this house and, you know, when you go ahead and buy these plots, because this is where you're going to be buried when you're going to die. But you know what? It doesn't work that way. God leads us in steps. You know why? Because most of us, we just, we couldn't handle it. We'd find a way to mess it up. And to be honest, sometimes, We'd probably run from it. I mean, any of you ever go through some things that you would never have chosen? Oh, yeah. Following God isn't about 
the destination. It's about the journey. It's about trusting him every day, a step at a time. I trust you, Lord, that you're leading me, you're guiding me. Trust in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. Don't be disappointed, this is number two, by closed doors. Now, I've talked about this just a little bit, so I won't spend a long time here. But when Paul encountered these closed doors, I'm sure that there had to be a little bit of disappointment or frustration or something when he thought he was going there and then God says no. And I just want to encourage you that even though it's hard to not be disappointed, we just need to trust the Lord and know that he is going to make a way and that he knows what's best, right? Now, one time I left a church pastoring and my kids were going to a high school and I, I just felt like it was right for me to not move them while they were finishing high school. And so the, we were in a town of 3,500. There were no ministry positions open. And so I decided that, you know, I was kind of a little burnout. And I decided I was going to get me a secular job. There are actually a few things that I'm qualified for. But nobody else thought so. <laughs> One door after another closed in my face. And you know what? I thank God because he knew what he was doing. And so some months later, uh, we were going to a church and, and uh, they said, well, some of you have heard this before, so you just bear with me. But they said, well, we're going to hire you, um, not as pastor or youth pastor, but as the secretary receptionist, and we're going to pay you $6 an hour. And I said, no. I said, I got a family I got to take care of. I can't do that on $6 an hour. I mean, I just, I just said no on the spot immediately. No. Then I went home, and I started feeling all weird about it. And I started praying about it. I called them the next day, and I said, I'll take it. All those doors closed, and now this is the door that's open to me that I'm supposed to take. It was a really humbling experience for a guy that had been in full-time ministry for 20 years. But I took it. And I worked at that position for about two and a half months, and I was just about the end of my rope. I just, you know, I was just planning on going in and telling the church administrator, I'm going to have to get a job where I can make a little bit of money. I was just about to that place. And they called me in, and they said, well, we're hiring you as full-time youth pastor. And I got to be my kid's youth pastor, and it was an awesome experience, a great fruitful time of ministry. I wouldn't take anything for those years. And in some small way, it may have a little bit to do with the fantastic youth pastor that we have that's been serving at this church for 14 years. But I'm just telling you, though, that that was a door I would not have picked. And yet it was the door that God opened to me that I was supposed to to go through. And here's the thing. If, those, if I had gone through one of those other doors, 
If I'd have just kept trying to kick doors open until I got one, I probably would have missed what God had. And I'm just telling you, don't be upset when a door closes. God has something different. You just need to trust him in that. In his books, Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby writes, When you begin to follow God and circumstances seem to close doors of opportunity, go back to the Lord and clarify what God said. He most often is not calling us to a task, but to a relationship. Through that relationship, he's going to do something through your life. And this really speaks to me because I had a time when I was pastoring in Medill, Oklahoma, when I just felt this restlessness in my spirit and was just kind of dissatisfied. And so I felt like, you know, God must be getting ready to move me. And so I started praying that way and saying, you know, Lord, I, I really want your direction in my life and, and you know, what you want to where you want to take me next. And then the Lord gave me direction. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this straight up. The Lord gave me this direction. I want you to go on a journey to know me. That was the direction that he gave me. Not to change locations, but to pursue knowing him more intimately. And I, I'm just telling you that any door that's of God will always take you closer to him, never further away from him. It is always his will for you to come closer to him and to know him more. But sometimes the most important direction we get in our life is not about this job or that job or this place or that place, but it's about you and God and where God wants to take you personally. Let me just share this story with you real quick. In the 19th century, cotton was king in South Alabama. Cotton was the sole crop that brought prosperity to that part of the country. In the 20th century, a, nation, a natural disaster occurred. The Mexican boll weevil crossed into Texas and spread to Alabama. And the boll weevils loved cotton, and by 1915, the farmers in South Alabama were broke. One farmer decided to try growing peanuts. In his first year, he produced over 6,000 bushels. Other farmers planted peanuts and other crops, and prosperity soon returned. What was first seen as a disaster, a closed door for cotton, actually became a tremendous blessing because the farmers were forced to diversify. In 1919... In the city of Enterprise, Alabama erected a monument to the boll weevil. They thought it was the worst thing, that, the most horrible thing that could have ever happened, but it turned into a huge blessing. And I just encourage you sometimes that when you know, you're so upset about this door being closed or that, listen, just trust God. He's able to work it out for your good. Number three, they're going to go faster. Be active as you look for God's open door. Did you know when the, when the doors closed for Paul, they didn't just stop. They didn't just say, well, we're just going to stop right here and get us a tent and just wait right here until God says, because we're tired of this. No, they kept going. They kept moving on. 
and the Lord directed their steps. You know, when you got a boat sitting in the water and it's dead still, you can turn the rudder any direction you want. It's not going anywhere. You got to get it moving first and then it'll go somewhere. And I'm just telling you that when you want to follow God's will, keep moving, keep moving forward Keep pressing on. Don't get upset with the Lord and just say, well, I'm just going to wait here. No, keep moving with the Lord, moving forward, serving Him. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, this is what happened. Paul says, for a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. I want to tell you tonight, you can't determine your path by how much opposition you encounter. Just what I got tonight, so I'm just sharing. Some of you learning some details, but when when we were asked to come back to grace, um, some of you don't know this even, but it's okay for me to say this stuff, isn't it? Oh, she's made, she gave me the face. I don't know. I'm going to do it anyway, y'all. But when, when, when they first started saying, hey, we want you to come back, I said no. And I had ministry friends say, you can't follow a man that's been there 50 years and they love him so much. At least the first couple of pastors that try to go there are going to be the sacrificial lamb. And I was like, I know. I know. I'm no Brother Nichols. I can't fill those shoes. They're going to hate me. And you know what? Some of that was true. <laughs> Some of them did hate me. And I want you to know we have the sweetest people and the people that are still with us from that time. They're the sweetest people. You just can't get any better, I'm telling you. But there were some that hated me, and I, there was a lot of opposition. But I believe that God opened the door for me, and that, yeah, there's opposition. You need to get this. You see, we always want to look for the easy path. We just, you know, if we have our druthers, amen, we'd like for life to just be easy. I want to remind you of the words of the Savior. <laughs> How did he say it? Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there go that are many there are many who go in by it, but narrow is the gate and difficult the way which leads to life, and there are few that find it. Here's the thing. You see, a lot of the time we just want that easy way, but the easy way isn't always the right way. Here's why. See, anytime you're really doing God's will, you have an adversary. Now, I'm not telling you to go look for conflict. Don't do that. No, as much as is possible, the Bible says we're to be at peace with all men. I'm not telling you to look for conflict. I'm just telling you that when you're really doing what God wants you to do, don't be surprised when there is opposition because you have an adversary. Paul said, a great door a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Wow. Couldn't be any clearer, could it? But the easy road is seldom really the right road. You know, when people are looking for the easy road, they don't usually follow the Lord's direction. We, just, we need to be careful to obey God 
even if there is adversity. But when you find God's direction, move immediately. Acts 16.10. Now after he had seen the vision immediately... after. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Immediately they went. Number four, don't depend on open doors alone to find God's will. Just because a door is open doesn't mean it's God. Just because you like it and a door is open doesn't mean it's God. I'll tell you one last story, and I'm going to wrap this up. So I was 19 years old, had a call to ministry, knew practically nothing. I'm going to this church. It was a pretty large church. They had a big singles ministry. Most of the people, I guess the average age in the singles ministry was about 45. I was hungry. I went to everything I could go to. So at 19 years of age, I was going to the singles Bible study and stuff. And they came to me and they said, hey, our, our singles president is stepping down and we want you to be our president. I said, no. I'm 19. I don't have any call to that. I'm not the least bit interested. They said, look, just let us put your name on the ballot. You know, and if it's God's will, you know, you'll get voted in. If, if not, then you won't get voted in. Don't worry about it. I was so young and dumb, I said, okay. They voted me in. Three months later, I left and went to Bible college. Just saying. <laughs> Here's the thing. Just because a door's open doesn't mean it's God. Oh, we need to be careful about that. Be wise about that. Remember this. It was not circumstances that kept Paul from going to those places. It was the Holy Spirit. You got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 32, 8 and 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding. Oh, we got to be sensitive to the Lord and listen for his voice. The Holy Spirit will show us. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. See, if we just have our ear open to the Lord, He can show us. One last thing I want to give you about this. See, not just because a door's open. No, we need to know what the Word says. We need to spend time in God's Word because it is a it's Psalm 119 verse 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, the more that you get the word of God down inside of you, it will help you to navigate through the landmines of life and avoid those things that are going to bring trouble and heartache. So as you're seeking to follow the Lord's will, yes, you pray and you listen to the Holy Spirit, but you also spend time in God's word because God so often gives us clear instruction about what to do and what not to do in life, and it will help you to choose the right door. I mean, a lot of the time, if we'll just look to the Scripture, if we know the Scripture, you look at these, you look at these three doors, which door are you going to choose? Two of them are duds. And you'll say, well, the Word says this, so I'm going to pick that door. I'm just telling you, God will direct your paths if you'll truly trust Him and don't lean to your understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. Stand with me. We're going to pray.